and to realize that there are millions of people that have no idea of what Jesus did for them. And uh, what a shame that folks that do know don't take full advantage of it and don't appreciate it sometimes like we ought to. Amen. Going to be reading from the book of Ezekiel this evening. And again, thank you, Pastor Reagan, for the invitation to be here and uh, to celebrate even 19 years. And, uh, it's a long time. Some, some of you haven't been along, uh, alive that long. Amen. But uh, it goes fast. And the older, the older you get, the faster time goes. The faster it goes by. And so if we're going to do something for the Lord, we're going to have to get busy about it. Amen. It seems like it was not that long ago that we were starting a church. And it's uh, been a little over 29 years now. Wonder where the time went. And sadder than that, you wonder where some of the people went that God so mercifully saved. And uh, somehow they didn't get this down in their heart. Amen. We need to settle the issue. Amen. This is, this is the life I'm going to live. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. It's a smart answer. It's a smart answer. Amen. Some folks try to get a hold ahead of God. And uh, Ezekiel was smart enough to say, you, you know the answer to that, God. I, I really don't know what could happen to these bones, but you, you do. You do. Could we pray, God, tonight we need your help. We need your anointing. We need your quickening spirit coming to this place today and, and talk to us, oh God. Let our hearts take hold. Let our spirits be stirred and challenged tonight. God, above everything else, I, I need your help. I need you are not in. I need your spirit to direct my thoughts and my words. And God, help me to be an instrument that you can use for your purpose tonight. And God, let your people have ears to hear and hearts to believe and a will to respond to your word today. And God, we want your will to be done in this place. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. And I know this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And uh, we've probably heard it preached on a number of times, but just hear me out anyway. Hear me out anyway. I, I simply want to preach to us the question that God asked of the prophet, can these bones live? Amen. Amen. Can these bones live? live and uh, this has been uh, troubling me today and uh, while I felt last night it would be a little bit different and uh, I'm, I'm not here um, to do anything but preach what I feel yes, that the Lord gives me and so the prophet of the Lord tells us that the hand of the Lord came upon him and in the spirit or in a uh, a vision God uh, carried him out and he set him down in the midst of this valley he said that that was full of bones and 
this that took place was initiated by God. We find that God was wanting uh, to help Ezekiel understand some things. And so he said the Lord brought them out, him out there, and uh, he calls him to, to pass by them around about. And uh, God let him, uh, let me say, examine them. There, he said there were very many in the open valley. And he said on top of that, they were very dry. These bones represented a, a condition far beyond death. Uh, toward the end of the, the decaying process, they uh, were not just corpses. They were dried out bones. He said they were very dry. They'd been laid in the open, exposed to the elements for quite some time. We know there was no flesh on these bones and that the, uh, the marrow was dried up out of them. There was nothing that uh, pertained to life in these bones. And Ezekiel uh, was there and looking at them and uh, he realized that these are, they're not just dead, they're, they're more than dead. They're, they're dried away. Uh, there was no uh, probability of the hope of life in these bones. And then the Lord asked him a question. He said, can, can these bones live? Can they have life again? Uh, obviously in the practical sense and looking at them, uh, he knew there was uh, no probability or possibility that, that these bones could be revived based upon human means. Something that was dead and dried up and uh, beyond the hope of life, any reasonable hope of life. God said, can they find life again? And while he recognized the condition of those bones, he also knew that God was able to do absolutely anything. Amen. That there's nothing beyond God's power or God's reach. And uh, I'm afraid sometimes we forget, we forget that there are no boundaries for God, that there is nothing impossible for God. And I'm afraid that sometimes we look at the situation that we are in and think there, there's just nothing that God can do about it. But God is still in the miracle business. Amen. And I mean all kinds of miracles. God can still do absolutely anything. Amen. And there are some things that can happen to us in life and uh, that can leave us feeling hopeless and saying, well, there's no hope for this. Uh, uh, there's a situation or a condition here that we're, we're just going to have to live with. Amen. I, I realize there's people that go through things in life and I've, I've seen those that have gone through what uh, horrible tragedies and losses in their life. And I'm, I'm sure they wonder, will life ever, amen, be good again? Or will ever feel like life has something to offer us again? And so uh, there's things we face sometimes and go through and we, and we get to that point of despair and, and wonder, will, will, will I ever really feel alive again? And again, God is still, amen, a miracle worker. He is still the resurrection and the life, amen. He can still do anything, things that uh, we don't even think about. He's still got the power, amen, to reach down and touch our situation, amen. Amen. We have been blessed in the, just the last few months with some, some, uh, some neat miracles. I call them neat miracles in our church. I was telling my brother about them. He said, those are notable, notable miracles. Well, I said, well, I'll make, I'll make note of that. Uh, we've had uh, at least three uh, healings. One's, one's in, in the process. It's just uh, we had one lady, they told her she had some precancerous cells and after prayer, Went back and the uh, report was absolutely different. No problem there. Nothing to worry about. Have another lady in our church had come off our bus route many years ago. And she had cysts all over her uh, gallbladder. And uh, 
In fact, he got advice from me last year and said, I already paid my deductible. I said, well, we'll have it pulled out. They said it needs to come out. And, and uh, the doctor didn't want to do it yet. And God began to touch her and those cysts began to disappear. And uh, the last report I remember, she had one cyst left and it was shrinking. It, was, it had decreased in size to the point where uh, it looked like everything's going to be all right. And we're, and we're believing God to finish the work. Amen. And then uh, in, the, in the end of December, we had a couple in our church that they had a, a little boy. And uh, they had had a, a son a few years ago that died just a couple of weeks after he was born, born very prematurely. Had their second son with a few issues and he's doing fine. But then December, they delivered this, this little boy and a uh, number of problems and uh, kept him in the hospital a little while, had some blood issues and and as they began to uh, do the MRIs and, and whatnot, they discovered that, that he was born without a gallbladder and uh, that he had a cyst that they felt would develop into cancer and the, the duct going from the liver. And uh, so a few a month and a half ago or so, they were scheduled to go back on Monday morning to uh, have an update on the MRI to, to see the growth in that cyst. And uh, because he was... a young they wanted to go as long as they could before they removed the cyst and and so we prayed the church prayed and and i i told the church i said god can put a gallbladder in this baby and that sounds stupid to some people but lo and behold god did Amen. when they went to the doctor on monday morning they did the mri and they said would you call our pastor's house and the first time when they got the bad news they called and i talked to the doctor and he explained to me what was going on and uh, my wife was home and got the phone call, and the doctor just said, well, he's got a gallbladder. Uh, God bless you. <laughs> and uh, so, so I have the reports laying on my desk, no gallbladder. And all of a sudden, yeah, we got, we got a gallbladder here. And so I'm just telling you, there's some things we, you know, the baby could live without a gallbladder. And I told the family, I said, don't worry. He can live without a gallbladder. That's, that's not a necessity. And uh, it's going to be all right. But, but you know what? God decided, I'll just show you what I can do. I want to tell you, amen, God can still do anything. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. No matter how hopeless you feel, no matter how bad the situation looks, if we can just believe God, amen, if we can just believe what God says and respond to what God says, Amen. Anything is possible for the people of God, for the church of God. Well, hallelujah. Amen. And so there's some things that I believe God wants to do in the church. And uh, to us, when God shows us what he wants to do, it seems so far away. And it seems impossible to us. But I promise you, if God determines to do something, if we'll simply believe and be obedient, God will perform that which he has promised. And I, I could tell stories all night, but I'm not a storyteller. Amen. But God has proven over and over again. Amen. Just like the word of God said, with men... It is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. I want to somehow wake us up this evening and help us believe that God's word is true. And if God speaks, amen, it is yea and amen. Amen. That we need to get a hold of it and start believing. And if we believe, amen, we're to start doing those things that are necessary. Amen. To see it come to pass. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So sometimes getting to where God says he wants to take us may, may seem impossible to us because of the condition we see our, ourselves in. And in, in 29 years, I've, 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 uh, I've seen some things that were discouraging and doing the work of the Lord. There's been times when, when I, I was pushed to the edge and and thought this, this is hopeless. And we can't, we, can't, we can't overcome this. But then something, amen, would talk to me and say, you know what? God's taking care of everything else and he can take care of this. And something rises up inside me and say, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. There's got to be something inside of us that understand no matter how bad it looks, God's got a plan. Amen. God hadn't checked out on his church. 
ain't giving up his promises. Well, amen. The only reason sometimes it takes the time to get to the promise is because of us. Amen. Amen. God knows how to get us from where we are to where he wants us to be. He, he knows how to, to do it. And it's easy for him. And while, uh, while we, we can't put a lot of confidence in ourselves sometimes and uh, our abilities or even our, our resources, amen, we got to look at God and say, you know what, this isn't about what I can do. And I think we forget that sometimes. This is not about what I can do, but this is about what God can do. And God can do anything. Amen. When we feel like there's no hope, our hope's in him. Amen. When we seem like there's no way, amen, to make it through, the Bible says he'll make a way. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Amen. And I want to tell you that the devil, there's the old saying, give the devil his due. The devil's a hard worker. The devil's determined. And the devil is relentless. And the, you know what? Sometimes the devil's got more faith than we do. Because it's what he believes he can accomplish that causes him to do the things he does. He wouldn't attack us if he didn't think he could get us. He's been doing it too long to waste his time. And so he's got confidence. If I just keep working on them, amen, I'm going to get them. And so the devil's worked long and hard at destroying humanity. And maybe he's worked long and hard at destroying some of us. Amen. I've seen and I believe the devil does attack us physically. Amen. The story of Job is clear. And there's no doubt he attacks us spiritually. Amen. He oppresses us. And uh, he, he attacks us mentally. He, he messes with their mind. He, he, uh, he tries to depress us. Tries to discourage us. Amen. Because he understands a lot of what humanity does is dependent upon their attitude. Well, and if, if the devil can beat up on our attitude and he can get us into a condition of, of despair and feeling hopeless, amen, we'll just sit down. Well, amen. I, I want to be like those lepers at Samaria and said, why sit here? We here till we die. If we don't do something, we're definitely going to die. And so we might as well get up and go out to the camp of the enemy. And if they save us alive, we'll live. But if they kill us, we'll but die. Amen. We're not getting anywhere by sitting here. Amen. They, they determine we're going to do what we can about our condition. Amen. We, we're not going to scare anybody. We don't have a lot to, to barter with. But we're sure not going to just sit here. Well, amen. I've I passed some people that I wish just something would get a hold of them. And they say, you know what? I'm not going to just sit here and die. I'm not going to just sit here and let another service go by and me not get the victory I need. I'm not going to sit here, amen, through another sermon and not hear the word of the Lord talking to me. Amen. We need to make up our mind. I'm not just going to sit here and die while the devil has done his best to destroy us. While the devil has done everything he can, amen, to cause us to fall. Amen. While he's working to destroy our faith and our hope, amen, God, amen, constantly is talking to us and trying to let us know, hey, I'm still with you. Amen. Everything's going to be all right, but it's... Amen. The Bible says, who's your part? Will you believe? Amen. Amen. And so God got him there and said, what do you think about these bones? Amen. I'll be honest. As a pastor, I've walked in some services, and if God said, what do you think about this service? I said, God, I think it's time to go home. Amen. There, there's a, there was a preaching book out. I didn't read it, but it was, I think it was called 15 Minutes to Raise the Dead. And it was about preaching. 
appropriate sometimes. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad sometimes God didn't ask me what I thought. But God didn't just ask him a question. God, God was posing something to him to, to make him think, well, God, you know. Whatever you decide, whatever you want to do can happen. Thou knowest. You know everything. And so I'm not, I'm not going to try to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what I know. I know that you know. Well, amen. Job said he knoweth the way that I take. And when he's tried me, I'm going to come forth as gold. I, I don't understand everything that's going on in my life right now. But there's just one thing I know. God knows what he's doing. Well, amen. We need to learn. God knows just what he's doing. We may not understand the process. But God does know how to get us to, from point A to point B. We may not understand the process. But if we believe in what the word of the Lord has said, amen, we just say, so be it, Lord. Thou knowest. Well, hallelujah. So the Lord began. And he said to Ezekiel. He said, prophesy upon these bones. Amen. Talk to these bones. You know, God asked prophets to do some pretty crazy stuff. Amen. And I've, I've probably felt about like he did out in that valley a few times. Got in the pulpit and said, well, it's pretty dry. These bones are scattered. They're dried out. But what God said is don't worry about the condition of the bones. You start preaching to them. Preach. Well, when you prophecy, one of the forms of prophecy is preaching. He said, you're going to have to preach to these bones. He, God, you know what you can do. You know they can live again. So he said, I'm going to tell you, for me to do anything, you're going to have to preach to the bones. Well, amen. So he said, I want you to, to talk to the bones and say this, oh, ye dry bones. Step number one, hear the word of the Lord. If anything's going to change, you're going to have to listen to what God's got to say. Well, here's where it starts, folks. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we won't listen to the word of God, nothing's going to change in our life. If we won't pay attention to what God said, nothing's going to change in our life. So the first thing he said to those bones was, you're going to have to listen to what God's got to say. Tell these bones to hear, to listen, to obey. Well, that's what it meant. You need to hear. You need to obey. You need to listen with interest and intent. Well, amen. And so God said, before we can get anywhere with these bones, they need to understand. You're going to have to listen. And you're going to have to do what I tell you to do. Because if you want, listen. And if you want, do what I tell you to do. Nothing's going to change. Amen. He said, you tell these bones what I'm going to do. You talk to them. Tell you, God's going to speak. But what God says, is it going to do us any good? If we don't listen to it. If we don't believe it. If we don't obey it. Well, amen. I, you know, I know my folks. I, I used to get troubled because, um, you know, some folks, uh, some folks just are better off ignored. There's some folks in my, in my church uh, that I'm just better off if I just pretend they're not there. Because they discourage me. They make me feel like I'm wasting my time. And, and it used to get to me. 
And then I started reasoning. I thought, you know what? They're hearing the same thing everybody else is hearing. And these other folks, they're getting it. They're doing good. They're growing. They're changing. Things are taking place in their life. And why am I letting this old dry bone bother me so much? When I got people out there hungry that are hanging on every word, that are responding. I'm telling you, God wants to speak, but it's not going to do you any good if you don't hear it and you don't obey it. And we're not going to obey if we don't believe. Well, some people never get out of their condition of unbelief because they won't listen to the word of God. They won't pay attention to what the Bible says. And so no matter how hard your pastor preaches to you, he's never going to preach you out of that slump. He's never going to preach you out of that condition. Because you simply won't respond to what's being said. Amen. Brother, Brother Philip Kelly's been, been preaching for me. It uh, was up until Tuesday night and had to move on. And uh, we were talking the other day. He was telling me a story about, he said, I was building a shop. I was going to do automotive repair. And he said, I was uh, working on the roof. And he said, my dad came out and said, you need to sell ammunition. He said, okay, I'll sell ammunition. He said, uh, you need to get your sign. He had a sign out. He said, you need to get your sign and take it down to town, put it on the main road. He said, okay. He said, I got off the roof right then. Got on my four-wheeler, went and got the sign, took it down, stuck it in the road. He said, I got back, climbed the roof. With five minutes later, a man came up. He said, you sell ammunition? He said, yes, sir, I do. He said, that guy bought all kinds. He started telling all the things that began to happen and doors that began to open. And he said, you know, Brother John says, just, I just obeyed. I just obeyed. I think it would blow some people's mind if they just obeyed. Well, if they just did what God said to do. It doesn't matter how much God says if you're not going to do it. Well, it don't matter if I preach 30 minutes tonight or an hour 30 minutes. If you don't decide, you know what? I, I'm going to believe what God's got to say tonight. Amen. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so tonight it all starts with whether or not you really believe that God speaks to the church. I'm just afraid too many apostolics have given up on the concept that God speaks to the church. I still believe God speaks to the church. But real faith demands a response to the word of God. God said I'm going to do something and God told me this is what you're going to have to do. Amen. You, you know I don't know what Ezekiel was like but I know me. If God said Preach these bones. I'd have looked around. They already think we're crazy. Yes, sir. Can you imagine your pastor out in the graveyard just preaching away? I'm the resurrection and life. Don't you go to that church? No. <laughs> Quit going there. They're a cult. And so here's the seed in this valley, and God said, you preach to the bones. And he said, this is what I want you to tell them. Thus saith the Lord God under these bones. God's going to talk to you. Yes. Well, yes. amen, them bones didn't have any ears. But God said, I'm going to talk to dried up bones. And he said, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. But those bones didn't have anywhere to put the breath. And so before God completed the work, there had to be a process. God declared, this is what I'm going to do. But you're going to have to hear the word of the Lord. 
Well, God said, I'm going to do something. Amen. But you're in no condition to have breath right now. But I'm going to get you there if you just listen to me and you'll respond to me. Amen. You may not feel like you're ready for what the Lord wants to do. Amen. But God can take you from where you are and put you in a condition. Amen. Do the work that he's got for you to do. But you're going to have to start responding to the word of the Lord. Well, The Bible tells us that when God formed man, I, you know, maybe I'm slow, but just a few years ago, this concept really hit me. Of the dust of the ground. Scooped up that dirt. I don't know how good of a job he did. I didn't know how, how defined he got with it. But he made this image. And the Bible said God breathed the breath of life into a man. And to Adam, and he became a living soul. Out of, out of that dirt figure became the complex creature that we know as mankind. Well, I thought, man, that's pretty cool. He just had a pile of dirt. There's hearts, lungs, all these organs. All, all these things came into being by the breath of God. And then I started thinking about creation and the very simple words that God spoke and the intricacy of creation. And I realized what God says does not express his full thought to us. But if we'll do what God says, the full thought or logos of God will be performed in our life. God said simple words. The words that are recorded in Genesis are so simple. But when you look around at this creation, it is so complex, so unique. Amen. But it was because it responded to not just what God said, but what God thought. I'm telling you, if we just respond to what God said and that the mind of God, amen, could be, amen, put in our hearts. Amen, if we start responding to what we hear. There's no telling, amen, how intricate and detailed it would get as we begin to. And, and the Bible res, records a very simple response from creation. But we look around, there's a whole lot more to it than what is recorded. When God declares his intentions, we need to say, all right, God, I'm right there. I'm on board. Yes, sir. I don't care. We're just dried bones. But if you're telling me you can put breath back in us and that we're going to live, say on. Yes. Going to bring life back. Some writers say that there was even in God's word here in Ezekiel, an allusion to the farming of humanity. That I brought man and, and put a form to him and then I put life in him. And so our condition today does not really matter to God. Right. Yes. Well, right. you know, it's amazing to me that we know what God can do with the derelict. Uh -huh. And the transformation we see in people's life when they get in church. But somehow, amen, when life's not going good and, and God's trying to do a work in us, we have a harder time believing that God can change the circumstances that we're in right now. Amen. God said, I'm going to put breath back in you. Amen. But, but that was not enough. That was not all that these dry bones needed. They needed first a restoration. Well, God cannot take us from dry bones to bodies running around. He can't just breathe that life. There, there's got to be a work take place. And we're not patient enough. We get one good service. And then if we hit a hard service the next go around, our faith just crashes. 
But God said, I'm going to breathe, put breath back in you. And you're going to live. And so you got to hold on. Hey, I remember what God said. I still remember what God said. Hallelujah. Amen. I told you, Pastor, and I'm... I know the old saying, you don't have to be eternal to be immortal, but uh, I'm not going to preach till I get done. Ninety nine two Hurricane Andrew came and wiped our building out. Lost virtually everything. We uh, Songbooks, organ, piano, pews. Got part of our sound system we, we salvaged. And uh, first Sunday, and that was, that was probably one of the uh, low points of my life. Hurricane Andrew hit on a Monday morning, early Monday morning, early hours, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And uh, we had church the Sunday morning before, and everybody ran home to, to get ready. And uh, we couldn't have church till the next Sunday. We had to bring in a generator and fans and, and uh, get by with just the, the minimum. And uh, I and my man had just come to assist me. He'd only been there a couple of weeks. He almost left. And uh, we got there, and there was water two, three inches deep in, in the building. And we started sweeping it out the door. And, and uh, it was still leaking down through the roof, and we'd sweep, and it, you know it just looked like uh, the water wasn't going to run out. And uh, we worked and worked and worked, and I finally told him, I said, "Just uh, go home." I said, "We can't do it. There's no way we can do this." And so he left, and I stood there in that building, and it came to me. You know what, God? You've brought me through everything else. And we fought a lot of battles. We're not, I'm not going to give up on this. And so I, I went to work, and man, shoving pews against the wall. Our pews were just soaked. I just pushed them against the wall, and I started sweeping, and people started showing up and helping and uh, setting chairs up. And I was soaking wet with sweat and went upstairs and changed into some dry clothes and, and uh, came down. We had church. First time visitor that Sunday morning, got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Had church. Had to preach. Had to cover up my Bible. Because water's still falling. And I'd move the cover and read and cover it back up. And we had church. About two or three weeks later, we're in, we're in church. And I was preaching. And, and I said, God's going to rebuild our building. And it's going to be better than it would have been before. We're in the process of remodeling this building. And I said, God's going to, he's going to, going to rebuild it. It's going to be better. I thought, I don't, I don't know how, but he just said that. <laughs> And so I told him, I said, tomorrow, I want everybody here. We're going to start working. And I went home. We ate lunch. I changed clothes, came out, and God was assisting me. They were living with us right then, and they were, we're going to live in the church, but that wasn't working out. And uh, he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to church to work. He said, can I go with you? I said, yeah. I couldn't wait till the next day. We started tearing out drywall and, and working, and I told your pastor that week, Checks start coming in the mail every day almost. All the money we need to build our building came just unsolicited from nowhere because we did. God said, I'm going to rebuild it. God said. And we just said, you know what, God? Somebody's got to get there and swing a hammer. Somebody's got to do the work. If you're going to rebuild it, we're not going to stand back and just magic's going to happen. God's going to make a way. Amen, but he needs somebody to help him. Amen, get the job done. Amen, I'm just telling you, God speaks sometimes, and we sit back and say, oh, oh that's not possible. Amen, well, some of you are like that man in Samaria that said, if, if God would make windows in heaven, it, it couldn't happen. He said, well, you're going to see it, but you're not going to partake of it. Amen, because you can't believe, you want to say God can't do it. Amen, there needs to be something down the heart that says, if God says it, amen, I'm going to hold on to it with everything inside him. Sometimes it takes a while for God to get it all done, but there's got to be somebody that has the faith. Amen. 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 What if God would just breathe on the bones? There had to be restoration first. Right. Right. Something had to happen to those bones. The condition that they were in 
had to change. Verse 6, he said, and I will lay sinews upon you. He said, we're going to have a process here. I'm going to bring flesh on you. I'm going to cover you with skin. And then I'll put breath in you. And you'll live. And you'll know. I wish everybody in my church knew this. He said, you'll know that I am the Lord. When I do what I'm telling you I'm going to do, then you'll know he really is God. He really can do the impossible. And so God begins to explain his plan. I, I've got a plan for you. If God, if God told me right now what he wanted to do for y'all, I would tell you. But he hadn't told me. He'll tell your pastor. Oh, God. You know, I've pastored long enough that i got those people that every time I tell them what God's going to do, they say, oh, here he goes again. I was talking about God doing stuff. And then we've got to come here and work. <laughs> Come on. Well, he said, I, I got a plan to get you from where you are to where I told you of the work I'm going to do. I am going to put life in you, but before I do, I've got to get some things together around here. And so God told his plan that I, I'm going to put the sinews or, or the ligaments, the connective tissue. Amen. Back on the bones. And so we're going to have to get the bones back in order. And I'm going to put the flesh. They said the flesh spoke of the, the whole muscular system, and including the, uh, the arterial and venous system, all the veins, all the arteries, everything that needed to be there. So when the flesh showed up, God, uh, he took a skeleton and he said, I'm going to make a man out of it. I'm going to make an army out. But I've got, to, I've got to put some things in order first. And he said, after I've got the sinews, after I've got the flesh, amen, I'm going to put the skin on you. The, I'm going to complete the physical structure. And then you'll be ready. You know what? Um, God can't do some things until we're ready for him to do it. Amen. God told Abraham, according to the time of life, there's a process. I'm going to do the miracle, but I'm not just going to go like that. And you, uh, you know, there's going to be a baby out here. He said, there's a process. There's a natural process that's going to take place. And so he said, so, so, I prophesied as I was commanded. You know, sometimes I preach what I felt like the Lord gave me. And I was the only one that believed it was from God. I could tell by the looks on people's faces. And so what, what Ezekiel said is I preached what God told me to preach. The only hope we've got tonight is a preacher preaching what God tells us to preach. No matter how absurd our flesh thinks it is, something our heart's going to say, God's trying to talk to me. i got to forget about my condition, and i got to start thinking about who my God is. Amen. I'm here to preach you tonight that God can do what you think is impossible. Amen. That God's not looking at your condition. Amen. He knows who he is. Not worried about our condition. Come on. Amen. Jesus wasn't worried about how long Lazarus was dead. He didn't even get in a hurry. Come on. And I know I'm in a hurry. I want God to do it yesterday. But He makes me wait. Sometimes. And so Ezekiel said, I, I spoke that the word, uh, uh, the word of the Lord, I spoke what God gave me to speak. I prophesied as I was commanded. And he said, and as I prophesied, as I preached, 
There was a noise. Well, behold, there was a shaking. Well, while I was preaching, some old dry bones said, you know what? I'm not just going to lay here. I'm hearing something. Amen. That says, if you'll do what I'm telling you to do, there's a promise I gave you. But you're going to have to start responding now. Well, oh, what God said seems so far, but God's saying right now, I spoke the words that God told me and the bones came together. Bone to his bone. Scattered. They said it's most likely those skeletons were scattered about just by weather, wind and rain, and by wild animals. Carrying them off. And, and you're, you know, you're, your femur may have been way over there. Your collarbone way over there. Yeah. Amen. Some of you, some of you are so spread out. You don't know where your head is. And he said, I, I heard a shaking. I heard a noise. And bones started flying through the air. Maybe they rattled across the ground. You know, you youngsters don't know anything about this, but when I was a boy, they had a game called Operation. And you had to reach down with little tweezers or something. They were supposed to be forceps, I guess, and, and uh, pull little bones out and stuff. And, and if, if you hit the side, and I don't know if that means you've got a dead man on your hands here. But, but God didn't have to use precision. I heard Elder, Elder Morton say one time, he said, I can do brain surgery with a chainsaw. <laughs> well, I'll tell you about my, my grandfather's brain surgery later. But God spoke to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel spoke to the bones. And he said, while I was preaching, while I prophesied, the bones came together. Bone to him. There was no confusion. Things came where they belonged. Things came into the right places. Everything, the skeleton, came back together. Amen. I want to tell you, it's exciting when you're preaching the word of the Lord and you see God start putting some things together. You hear something, you say, hey, amen, they're getting this. They're, they're starting to figure it out. Amen. I'd love to hear the sound of God putting our lives back together. Amen. I'd love to see people come to the altar and God talk to them and God begins to put their life back together. And he said, I, and when I beheld, I stopped and looked. The sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. He said, it was working. It was working. Man, I preached and next thing I knew, I had dead bodies everywhere. Now that, that would sound negative. Sound like Jim Jones. He said, man, I was, can you imagine going back to town and saying, man, I was preaching the other day and I just preached a little while and there were dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> well, that's all. No, no, you got to stand. When I started, yes. there was nothing but scattered bones. All right. I want to tell you, sometimes you need to give the preacher some hope. Yes. Well, God let the preacher see some results. Bones started coming to bones. And, and when we looked, flesh started. Next thing you knew, there were bodies laying everywhere. And then the Lord told him, you, you prophesy to the wind and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slings that they may live. 
And he said, so I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they lived. And they stood upon their feet an exceeding and great army. All he did was say, amen, what God told him to say. And old bones, amen, came together. Amen, flesh came back upon them. Amen, when he called to the wind, amen, breath came back into their bodies. Amen, and they stood upon their feet. And there was an army. Only by obedience to the word of God. I understand this was all a vision. It's all a vision. And God said, I just wanted you to understand these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, they say, our bones are dried. Our hope is lost. We're cut off from our parts or for our parts. He said, therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Yes. They'd gone away from God. Yes. Amen. They were in a lost condition. And God was telling the prophet, amen, I want you to understand. It doesn't matter how far away they've gone. It doesn't matter how messed up they are. Amen, I can put life back into them. Amen, they may feel hopeless. Amen, they're scattered about. Some of them are held as slaves in bondage. But I'm going to proclaim to them a message of restoration. Can these bones... Can these bones live? Sure they can. Absolutely. Thou knowest, Lord. But nothing will happen until the bones respond to what God says. Here's the problem. And I, I'm, I'm going, I think I'm going to quit. I'm not done, but I think I'm going to quit. God said, this is where I want to take you. And it seemed so far from where they were. And sometimes we don't take the first step. Because God, God wants us to see. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. The New King James Version says where there is no revelation. The people cast off restraint. If you study that word back, that word revelation, it, it goes all the way back in the holy. It speaks of an oracle. It speaks of being in the holy of holies, in the presence of God. He said, when people don't understand who I am, if they can't hear my voice, there's nothing to restrain them or keep them. Well, there's no vision. Where we can't see. Uh, Jesus. Amen. You know what makes a good architect? Somebody can see what's not there. Right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued with early creators or inventors. More so than I am with modern inventors. Because there was no platform for Thomas Edison to, to invent the light bulb. That's right. And Ben Franklin... Uh, I read his autobiography and a lot of interesting things that probably one of the most prolific inventors of all times and didn't patent a lot of his stuff because he didn't believe in patenting. He believed God gave him the ability to do this stuff and so he should just do it. But I realized they had no platform, but somewhere they had vision. Somewhere they thought, Thomas Edison thought that I can make a light. There's none around, but I think I can make one. Vision, the ability to see what nobody else sees. To believe that something can become, that there's no platform for it, there's no precedence for it. But simply, I believe God wants us to have a vision. God does not want us to look at what we are, 
Somehow he wants us to see what he wants us to become. Amen. Some of you sitting here, I don't know the history of this church or any of y'all, but I know in my church, I got folks sitting there. It's hard to believe what they are today based on what they were when they walked in the door. There, there has to be something in the heart of the preacher that, that sees the, the most rank and messed up sinner and believes they can be a saint. Well, that you see them walking door and you preach to them. Because you believe God, God can touch their heart and change them. And so we preach with hope. We preach with vision. Amen. We preach to you seeing what you can become, not what you are. Because God said, you stand, son of man, prophesy, preach. You can stand, please. It'll make me quit. There's no such thing as preaching hope into people that won't believe. There's nothing more frustrating than trying to get people to see something that they won't believe in. Amen. You know, somewhere, somewhere, and you've probably heard this before, but somewhere the vision of the pastor has to be transplanted into the heart of the saint. Somewhere the burden of the pastor has to be transferred or transplanted into the the heart of the saint. And so when when the, the preacher preaches, he's not the only one with the vision. When the preacher preaches, he's not the only one with the vision. He's not the only one with the burden. He's not the only one that's believing But there's people sitting on the pews that say, let it be, Lord. So be it, Lord. Yes, Yes, these bones can live. I've come to preach to you today. It doesn't matter how far the devil's beat you down. It doesn't matter how discouraged he's gotten you. There's a God that can take you from the lowest places in life. And set you in places that you never dreamed of. You hear me? I, 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 I often tell my church, I wish, I don't, we don't believe in betting. But I wish when I was a, a teenager, I could have bet everybody I knew that I'd be a preacher one day. I'd be a millionaire right now. I'd be a millionaire. I wish I could have bet everybody that, that God would build a church in Miami. That said it can't be done. You can't do it. It's impossible. Even been 30 years since somebody tried to do it. And I was just dumb enough. You know, I just believe God enough. God gave me a vision one day. Driving home for spring break from college. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And uh, I told my church, you know, God didn't preach me when I was in the prayer room. Didn't talk to me. Didn't get. I said, but driving down the road, God showed me a vision. Showed me where he wanted to be. Showed me the demographics of the people. And I got to my father's parents' house. I began to ask. I didn't tell him anything. I just began to ask him questions about this area of town. And everything fit perfect. And I said, this is what God called me to do. You see, the vision made the difference. The vision Erased what other people said or thought. Well, amen. The, the vision, the vision got a hold of me because I wanted to do the will of God. And when he showed me, I was determined that I was going to pursue it. I, I don't want to go on. I, I don't, I'm not trying to talk about me, but I'm just trying to tell you. It wasn't me, it was God. So funny, a few years ago, got in contact with a boy I grew up with, backslid out of church when he's 17 years old or so. Drove into town, from out of town, and remember my mom and dad's phone number and called them and got in touch with me and I began to talk to him and, and witness to him and uh, sent him some 
Bible studies and stuff. And he would talk to me. He said, man, he said, I just can't believe this is you. Can't, if I hear stuff going, I said, I said, Ronnie, I've been doing this for 25 years. Oh, you remember me from a teenager. And it, was, it just freaked him out. Uh, you hear me? God wants to freak some folks out. You hear me? God wants to prophesy to some bones. God wants to speak to some hearts and say, you don't listen to them. You listen to me. You just believe what I'm saying. Forget about the naysayers. Forget about the detractors. Forget about the unbelievers. But you listen to me. You hear what I'm saying tonight. Hear the word of the Lord. If you listen to me, I'm going to put breath back in your body. Well, well, I don't, we don't even have a body. You don't worry about that. You don't worry about the details. You just start believing. We're going to live again. We're going to live again. Amen. God wants you to have some new hope tonight. Amen. God wants your vision to get renewed. God wants your, your burden to get, amen, increased like it's never been before. Amen. God wants to say, hey, I'd like to breathe on you, but you're going to have to listen and you're going to have to believe and you're going to have to respond to what I'm saying. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Could you hear him tonight? I've been preaching. I've been doing my best. Believe the Holy Ghost is trying to talk to people and saying, I'm just trying to get you to listen a little bit so you can hear me. But he said, if you're not going to listen to the word of the Lord, nothing's going to happen. Can we lift our hands? Can we ask the Lord, God, give me ears to hear and a heart to believe. God, I rebuke the spirit of unbelief. God, let the Holy Ghost come and witness to us right now. God, with your word, jointly testify with your word. Touch our hearts right now. God, I rebuke the spirit of unbelief and fear. God, the oppression that would come and try to tell us, oh, you've heard it all before. It hadn't happened yet. It's going to happen. You just give the Lord some time. You just start doing what the Lord says to do. You start acting in faith instead of in despair. Oh, come on. I want the Holy Ghost to talk to us right now. Jesus. Oh, come on. It's time for somebody to say, I refuse to be dead. I refuse to be dry. I refuse to be oppressed. Amen. I refuse to let the devil run my life. Come on. I believe your word, God. I believe your word, God. Breathe fresh life into me. God, breathe fresh hope into me. Come on, somebody here, you just tell God, God, I'm not limiting you anymore. I'm not going to look at me and think about my abilities and my potential anymore. But tonight, God, I'm going to think about what you can do. Oh, God, take my life. Use me as you please. 
God. I believe your word. I believe your word today, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. I believe you, Lord. Oh, I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. Oh, come on, somebody here today. Amen, you need to shake loose from that oppression. Amen. You need to let the devil know I've got a God that can deliver me out of your hands tonight. I've got a God that can restore me. Amen. With one touch of his hand. Hallelujah. Oh, I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, preach to me, Pastor. Keep preaching to me. I'm going to listen. I'm going to let the word talk to my heart. Come on, let's believe the Lord. Oh, let's believe the Lord right now. Come on, reach out to him. Oh, how long has it been since you really felt alive spiritually? 